Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the trust Alicia and I have built up over years and years of bullying other people online. And in person. I'm Alicia Herter. And in the spirit realm, I'm Tara Keck. We're just the psychic hooks in the back of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slowly (laughs) taking all of their energy away. We are the negative energy in the room. We are the Dementors sucking your soul. (laughs) But I do like chocolate. It is delicious. On today's episode, the life and trials of Miss Cleo, which is in the news and a spell to brighten your day. You specifically. You listening to this. Caitlin, this is for you. doing mama (laughs) oh Oh, yeah it's this episode oh groovy baby i am grooving grooving and moving and thank you to everyone who came to our ostara ritual oh that was so much fun it was so fun it was so vulnerable i felt this is the first time alicia and i have ever done anything like this so i sort of went around and i like individually texted like mallory and joey being like hey it would really mean a lot if you came to this (laughs) hey really like Stick up for us. Come here. What if they bully us? We need friends. I know. I need an army. Please. But if I look good, I do need you to screen grab it. Yeah, I mean, pictures galore. Mm-hmm. It's for our portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Me. How are you doing, Mama? I'm good. I wanted to share something. Yes. I've discovered something. Okay, good, bad, indifferent? Wonderful. Excellent. So you know how I am... The Spotify playlist queen. Oh, you are. Her Spotify playlist slap, you guys. They are so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Years of making mixtapes and no boyfriends to send them to. Oh, I love that. That makes it even better. I discovered a playlist called Music for Plants. Oh. So I've been going through this thing recently. I go through these periods in my life where either my life is either too sad that I can't listen to sad music (laughs) or my life is too chaotic that I can't listen to pop music because it like hypes me up too much. I feel that. But lately I haven't been able to listen to anything with lyrics. Oh no. Because. Because words are garbage. Because words are garbage. They're dookie trash in my brain. They don't mean anything. They're false promises. (laughs) Nobody. Oh no. No I'm spiraling. I'm spiraling. But music for plants is sort of in this vein of like Louis Zong that I've been in, which is like instrumentals, but like light atmospheric instrumentals. Mm. So this music for plants is like this. You guys will just have to listen to it, but it's definitely like an atmospheric, mystical slash. You're on a beautiful walk at the end of April where it's warm and it's not too rainy and you're in the woods and light is gleaming off of little pieces of dew and sprinkling your cheeks like an Instagram filter. And it's probably... The best playlist besides any of our driving playlists that exist. Okay, I was like, those are top. They are very good. Top notch. Top shelf. I could be a wedding DJ. Oh my God, you really could. The weddings would be so much better. The music at weddings, garbage. Okay, worst song to play at a wedding. Anything for the older people. Like electric slide. Electric slide. (laughs) Get out of here. I don't want that. YMCA, why are we trying? No. This is not a gay wedding. Get out. 
Like, why are we trying to give them music when they don't want to dance? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And for the older people out there who are like, I do want to dance. I'm with you. Come <laughs> dance with me, baby. Yeah. Hold my hand. Yes. Never put baby in a corner. Never. Never. I feel like those are the worst. Or like bad covers of original songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, why don't you just play the sad original? This one's slightly more upbeat, but mom, we know weddings are a sad thing as well. People are, I cry buckets. Same. Oceans at weddings. Same. I can't I help it. sobbed. I was going through a bad time when I, during Mallory's wedding, yeah. but I like was so gross sobbing that her stepdad came up to me afterwards and, and they were like, are you upset that they got married? Are you okay? And I was like, no, it's just really beautiful. And love is true. And I'm having a hard time grasping that right now. And You're like, no, I've been in love with Mallory since the day I saw her. <laughs> and I was going to st- But they didn't say, if anyone objects, I was, I had a speech. You're like, I'm ready. <laughs> You're in your like fucking bright blue hair at that moment. Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah. I'm coming for her. Yeah. I'm her punk queen and I know it. I know it. We were meant for each other. Yeah, I love, but I love like crying at weddings. That's Mm -hmm. like, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Since I've gotten more into makeup and like aged, crying at weddings is more difficult to do. Oh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It can be really bad. I went to Evelyn and Robbie's reception. We weren't even allowed at the wedding. It was a Mormon wedding. And I'm just like crying during the songs where they dance together. And I'm like so moved to like, oh. No, I love weddings. Yeah, I love weddings too. I loved, so Leah Ingerman, Mm -hmm. my college best friend, she got married like a month after Mallory. Yeah, that was a crazy like semester for you. That was, I left school for a month. Yeah. So that I could go to two weddings. So you could wedding hop in the States. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were in the same town and I was like, it's $1,200 to go from Honolulu to Indiana like once. Yeah. But I had a horrible migraine the whole night. But her wedding is one of my favorite weddings. Leah is like probably one of the most, I feel like, empowered feminists I know. Mm -hmm. She's so conscientious. She didn't want to do rings. She researched every wedding etiquette and like looked into all of like the sexist traditions that they did this really beautiful like Gaelic, Celtic, knot tying ceremony. I got to help her. And Jake, like, pick out the colors for the ribbons that they were going to tie. But then they didn't tell me before how to tie it. <gasps> I bring up the things and they're like, do it. And I'm like, oh, my God. What do I do? She's like, my best friend's an art MFA. Like, obviously, she knows how to tie a knot. I know, I know, I know. And I fucked up and I fucked up. And I, I, I was just like, do. And she was like, just put them over our hands. We'll handle it. <laughs> I loved for a moment where I was like, Maybe she doesn't know what to do with it either. And you both are up there with, like, rope. <laughs> what do we do with this? I thought you read the Pinterest board. I sent it to you. <laughs> I tagged you. It was our shared board. You got an email. They always send emails. Oh, God. Oh, but, yeah, weddings. They're great. Love them. Love them. Cherish them. Cherish them. Do you want a DJ or a band at your wedding? DJ. I would take a band like uh, going down the aisle, something bougie like that, like a live orchestra with me walking down, you know, Mm -hmm. ooh, fancy, fancy. But uh, you gonna put my playlist on when it's time to dance. (laughs) We're not playing this game. I don't want any surprises. Yeah. Get out of here. The thing about a wedding DJ is that their skill is basically to read the room so they have your playlist. Their job is to read the room so they know which song to play next on the playlist because sometimes like things happen or like vibes shift. 
mm-hmm. where maybe it's it's not time to play the Pokemon theme song. The Pokemon theme song. But maybe it is the time to play it. Right. Or maybe that was seven minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And so their job is to be like, this is now when we're going to catch them all. I feel like I've never seen a successful wedding DJ do that. You're right. I think you are right. And that is their <laughs> that job. Is, is their and job. they're getting paid lots of money to make that be their job. Mm-hmm. Can't say I've ever seen it, though. Yeah. Well, with a name like CJ, <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> he lives on the streets. <laughs> he just wanted something to eat. He was He's someone's nephew. Just because he looked grungy, you thought he was a DJ. Well, that's on you. That's discrimination. That's cool. Guys, we still have our Witch Yes Grove up. So to celebrate the spring equinox and Ostara, we have set up a Witch Yes Grove through an organization called Trees for a Change. The trees will be planted in a national forest that was destroyed by wildfire. The Witch Yes trees will help restore the beauty of the forest and will thrive and grow along with our intentions for years to come. You can contribute these trees for only $10 a tree. Mm -hmm. Easy, cheap, love it by visiting the link in our show notes. Oh, please visit it. Please. And all of our trees will be like together. So yeah. they'll be like friends. Yes. And on top of that, there's like a little section to write a note. Mm-hmm. And what we're having baby witches do is write intentions for 2021. And then for Beltane, the next Sabbat, Alicia and I are going to perform a fire ritual with it. I, and I'm so scared. Because <laughs> fire and me like do not get along well. Mm-mm. But Tara might do the fire because I'm scared to do the fire i'll hold the fire extinguisher and she's good at that i am she i've never it. used one we should learn and then do belt then do it we've got some research to do we're gonna figure it out but before we get into that i did have one more thing okay go for it so baby witch stacy she sent us this very cute dm on instagram and whenever come up whenever it like comes up where there's like we talk about something or like a place and a baby witch from that area it's like hey like Gloucestershire witch here I'm like we fucked up we fucked up I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry but she says I just wanted to read this hello oh my god I'm gonna say it wrong again oh wait she says how to pronounce it oh thank god Gloucestershire Gloucestershire nope gloss gloss lip gloss gloss tur like turning on your turn signal Gloucester Gloucestershire Gloucestershire like sure Jan Gloucestershire not like Shire. No hobbits. No hobbits. Okay. And it's not Glau. It's Gloss, right? Gloss. Gloucestershire. So, hello, Gloucestershire baby witch here. So cute. I love her. I'm currently listening to the Ostar episode and absolutely crack up at the pronunciation, which appreciate. And then she tells us how to say it. Thank you. <laughs> I love whenever the cheese rolling gets a shout out. Cooper's Hill is just down the road from my in-laws house. Which like, okay, fancy. I thought you might be delighted to hear that last year the cheese rolling was canceled because of COVID, but a lone, symbolic baby bell was <laughs> rolled down the hill instead. Have a wonderful day and keep up the amazing work. Just a single baby bell cheese. They're like, go. Go, be free. Be free. All of, You carry all of our wishes and all of our dreams with you. One of our Discord witches said that she lives around that area as well, and you follow the cheese. You run after the cheese. You run after the hill, and that, like, run down the hill after the cheese, and that's why so many people get hurt. Oh, it's not because they get hit by the cheese. It's that, and you're probably, like, tripping. <laughs> it is. It's, like, it is March. I'm sure it's muddy. Yeah. Because it rains a lot in England. For sure. Yeah, how does that cheese not get stuck more? Maybe it's a steep, steep hill. Oh, maybe yeah. Maybe it's, like, really. Like, it's great for sledding. 
Do you get something if you catch up to the cheese? Maybe you get the cheese? We don't know. This is all conspiracy theories now. You get a prize yeah. from the Gloucestershire people. <laughs> the people there. <laughs> Stacy's there. Stacy. And her in-laws. And her in-laws. And they present you. Mm-hmm. With what? She's just yes-anding me with a token of their appreciation. Right. What? A <laughs> lovely card. It has <laughs> everyone's card. names. I don't it's know. A, it's a ha- it's, it is. The key to the city. Yes. It's all made of cheese. Mm-hmm. This key does nothing for you. You cannot put it in any door. But you can eat it oh. and your mouse will be happy. Your little mouse. And they have a lot of Gloucestershire mice. <laughs> it's kind of like the golden compass where when you do turn 13, you are gifted sort of an animal spirit. Mm. I thought you'd be gifted a compass, but... Oh, you never... No. I never read the books. How do you know? Well, it was a HBO show that ended up being bad, but then there's also The Golden Compass that was a movie before that. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with, like, we're really getting into this check-in. We are. But basically, like, every person has, like, animal companion, some sort of spiritual animal that changes, like, shifts forms until they, like, become an adult and its form solidifies. And that says something about your personality. I see. And then that's kind of, you know, runs in this whole, like, uh, alternate reality slash animals are talking. I love that. Yeah, it's, like, a whole thing. Anything close to Babe, Pig in the City, I enjoy immensely. (laughs) Only that one. Yes. Tragic things happened in the first Babe, so. We don't talk about the first Babe. We don't talk about that one. But you know who we do talk about? Tell me. Miss Cleo. Ooh. Ooh, it's Miss Cleo. Okay, so... Did you know who Miss Cleo was before starting a witchy podcast? Before starting a witchy podcast? I kind of knew of Miss Cleo in the same way that I know of like Sylvia Brown. I've never, I think just like tangentially, I understood that there was this TV woman who was purporting to be a psychic. Did you know anything about her? I know Miss Cleo in the same way one would know Oscar Wilde, in which I didn't. No fucking clue. Had no idea who this chick was. Didn't you? Who came up with this topic? Marcel did. Oh, Marcel I see. knew who Miss mm-hmm. Cleo was. Apparently, she was very poppin' in Miami when he was growing up. And he knows friends, like, in middle school who would call in. Really? And cost their parents, like, so Oh, oh we gonna get to it. We gonna get to it. Don't tell them the scam yet. Okay, but there is. Here's the deal. Miss mm. Cleo is part of. A telephone psychic scam. She is one of our psychic scam artists. Oh, we love this topic. All right. Yuri Del Harris, also known as Miss Cleo, was born in Los Angeles, California, August 12th, 1962. And with some snooping, I did find her birth time, which is... 8.54 a.m. That's a respectable time. I think so. It's like, you know, you don't have to. It's not 6 a.m. And we're not keeping you out too late. Mm -hmm. It's like business hours. Yeah. Birth business hours. I love it. So right off the bat, you know she's a Leo son. Oh, what does that say? (laughs) If you've ever seen an advertisement, it would be of no surprise. She exudes a kind of flamboyant heat and charm that only a Leo son would. It's true. Something that surprised me was that she has a Capricorn moon. And not only that, but her moon is square to her Libra Venus. And I have both of these placements, which sort of drew me to investigate it. The Capricorn moon is all like, I'm going to play my cards close to my chest. Mm -hmm, I got big mm -hmm. emotions, but I'm going to keep them under the surface because either they don't serve me, this isn't the right time or place, or they're messy, and I don't trust you with my mess. I think that's respectable, honestly. I think it's probably the most adult way to live your life. Yeah. 
And then that Libra Venus, which is its native placement, which means like that sort of stuff is really powerful. Those energies are very um, in tune with, with, with what Venus is supposed to be all about. That is very much, I need to love the aesthetic of my life. I need everyone to be happy, especially with me. And I have this big idea in my head of like what relationships are. And, and if they don't match up with my ideal, I just really cannot stand it. When these two placements are at odds with one another in a square, this whole dynamic of either I can follow the idea of what I think my life should be, or I can follow what my heart is actually telling me, really flares up. And the Capricorn moon says, you gotta fucking stuff those dreams down, baby. Get the, get the wee, the wee. You know, no one can know the real you. Yeah. Which breeds a lot of internal conflicts on matters of love and what love should look like and feel like, which you should keep in mind for later. Something else you might find interesting Miss Cleo Saturn is in Aquarius. Oh, hello. Which means if she were, spoiler alert, alive today, she'd be going through her second Saturn return with us. That would be crazy for her. It would be. I wonder. Did she predict the pandemic? Probably not. She died in 2016, I believe. She did. We'll get yeah. to it. So. Yes. She I wonder. probably did not. Question. Yes. Miss Cleo. Mm-hmm. Do you think that in the pandemic she would have prospered? Because spiritualism like really took off at post like 2016 that's true probably if she could hook up that zoom and do zoom tarot readings i'm sure she'd be fine Mm -hmm. she probably would have led doing zoom tarot readings before anyone else did it there were a good like two three months where we all didn't do anything yeah and she would have been with her capricorn moon right in there yeah she's i got work to do exactly and my sunny personality is gonna make it happen she's thick with the zoom backgrounds exactly so Uray Del Harris, Miss Cleo, is the daughter of wealthy parents, although she later claimed to be the daughter of Caribbean parents, but her parents were American. Same. Same, you know? Rough. It is what it is. In high school, she attended an all-girls boarding school, which that's a bit more emphasis of like, yo, this chick was well off. She attended an all-girls boarding school. You can't do that if you're poor. Yeah, you really can't. No. Even if it's a bad and not a very sexy all-girls boarding school. So exactly. I have to call. <laughs> Uray started to get into theater during high school, and as a late teen, early 20-something, she really, really wanted to be a playwright and worked on writing plays under the name of Re Paris. So we're getting into that, like, oh, we're using different names kind of thing, mm-hmm. which does feel very Leo sign. It's very, very Leo sun, Leo rising, like, I can be whoever I want to be. Watch me. She eventually had her chance at producing a play at the Langston Hughes Culture Arts Center in Seattle. The play was called For Women Only, and in this play, Yuri, now going as Ri, was playing the lead character, Cleo. Oh. Mm. In the play, Cleo was a Jamaican woman, thus Ri began experimenting more with a Jamaican accent. Oh. Oh, here we go. It's getting tricky. We're getting Anna Odelia Distabar over here. Mm-hmm. The Langston Hughes Cultural Arts Center provided Uray with a budget to produce for women only. With that money, it was agreed upon that Uray would have everything she would need to produce a play, a location, she can buy props, and the best part was that the money she was given was enough to pay her cast and crew. This is the dream. This is the dream. However, many months went by, and like Kanye West with his Sunday service choir, no one got paid. Oh, I didn't. Except Uray got paid. Oh, you didn't know this about Kanye? I did not know this. Oh. No wonder Kim's like, get him out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not paying your people. That's ruining my brand. And you're running for president? What are you doing? <laughs> we will touch back on the Kardashians later. I'm going to fight really hard for my Kardashian episode once season 20 is over. So <laughs> it'll come up in the production meeting. 
Despite no one getting paid, Ure continued to charge thousands of dollars to the Langston Hughes Advisory Council. They gave her that cute little credit card, and she said, let's do it, bitch. <laughs> she loved it. Apparently, the Langston Hughes Advisory Council took no legal action, even though they knew that Ure was God in them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The council knew that it would cost more money in legal fees to try to get their money back from Ure than to just let her keep the money that she stole from them. Ain't that just how it is? Isn't huh? that just the dream? That's just like, I'm fucking <laughs> such, I'm going to pull, I'm going to drag this out in court mm-hmm. like some kind of psychotic Woody Allen and yep. ruin your life. Yep. And this only gets better. When the cast and crew began to get angry about not getting paid, because, you know, when you sign up for something and they say you're going to get paid, you kind of want to get paid. Yure wrote them all handwritten individual letters saying that she had been diagnosed with bone cancer and was dealing with medical expenses that prevented her from paying them. One castmate said that Ree had told them that she had sickle cell anemia and was living in constant pain. She wasn't, just so you know. Oh, yeah. She had also told the cast that she was a theater arts major from the University of Southern California, although USC has no records of a Uray Del Harris or a Ree Paris ever attending the theater school. So she's just... She just lied and kept the money. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. She embodied fake it until you make it, really. In 1987, probably knowing that she was reaching the end of her time in Seattle, she moved to Florida and joined the Psychic Readers Network. Which makes sense. I didn't realize she was Florida-based. That makes sense that Marcel would... uh... Would know her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. The Psychic Readers Network. It sounds fun. (laughs) It's a network. Love that. Love networking. Of people. That's great. They're reading. Okay. And they're psychics. Ooh. The Psychic Readers Network was created by the couple Stephen Fetter and Lou Thomas Trusclair. If you Google their names, the first few pages are all about how expensive all their mansions are. Good for them. Yes, which is surprising when you see how much money they've been sued for later. (laughs) Here's some fun facts. Steve and Lou are landlords for the second most expensive apartment in New York City. <gasps> what? Which is $100,000 a month. That is the ultimate scam. If you are a landlord, you are scamming your way. You oh, are at the top. You add nothing to society. No. You don't even answer my calls when the laundry <laughs> is <it> working. <laughs> but what I do find hilarious is that there is a Variety article that covers the two's New York City properties because they have multiple. And the author spends the last half of the article shredding the fact that their apartments are so fucking ugly that the (gasps) kitchen doesn't have any windows. So whenever you're fucking making your fish or whatever, you can't air it out. (laughs) I'm like thinking pancakes, something tame, with Bisquick. No, something fucking stinky. And then the washer and dryer is shoved in the pantry in this tiny fucking kitchen. So like you have no room to put your fucking special K. But rich people like it when they can feel poor. This is true. I did. Okay. (laughs) they're like i'm one of the world i suffer yeah i'm worldly i once interviewed a girl to live in that really cute apartment that casey and i had Mm -hmm. she was connected by the people that were at the apartment before me they were like oh we know this girl like do you want to meet her she had just finished college Mm -hmm. she had told us in the middle of the interview after we had talked for a while and she was like, well, I'm just thinking that, like, maybe I'll only be here for, like, a couple months and then, like, away to Berlin. Oh, okay. Because I just, like, I'm feeling really called. What did she say? She said something along the lines of, like, but I think it would be really good for me to, like, you know, rough it a bit. 
And I was like, you're like, it's a year lease. It's a year lease. <laughs> we have granite countertops. This is a very cute apartment. Roughing it? Yeah, no. Fucking bitch. Anyway. <laughs> so, but these boys mm-hmm. are getting that fucking nice passive income because currently there is a two-year lease signed on the apartment, which means for the next two years, they're going to make about $2.4 million without what? doing anything on this shitty apartment. That's amazing. We're like, you have no room for anything. <laughs> and there's no windows in the kitchen. <laughs> but before. Mm-hmm. They were bloodthirsty landlords. There's always a before. An the, origin story. Yes. They started the company Psychic Readers Network, sometimes called Psychic Friends Network, which is still in commission today. Oh. I got a lot of the stuff from the Fraudsters podcast, so I just want to shout them out. They have a three-part series on Miss Cleo. So this is the layout of their business. You, listener, see an infomercial purporting the psychic powers of this Jamaican psychic called Miss Cleo. At the bottom of the screen is a toll-free number. It's a 1-800 number and a bargain that says free three-minute reading. Okay. Great. You're sad. You're lonely. You're Marcel's friend. (laughs) You know. You live in Florida. You live in Florida. What else do you have to do? You're so tired of the beach. When you call, they actually redirect you to a 1-900 number. 900 numbers charge you for every second that you are on the line from the beginning. That's crazy. And the idea is that like... When you call a 900 number, there's supposed to be a tone that tells you when you start to get charged. But when people would be like, I heard the tone, but I haven't started my reading yet. The psychics would tell them, oh, don't worry about that. (gasps) We haven't started, actually. (gasps) Then they keep you on the phone as long as they can, getting your name, your address, your credit card number. Can you see your credit card number again? How did you spell that? H-E-R-B-E-R? H-E-R-T-E-R? Oh, they're like... Just wasting your time. They're wasting. They're trying to fucking run out the clock. Oh, my God. So by the time you've come up to your three minutes, just getting your fucking information out to this person, you are charged $4.99 for every additional minute. Then you're connected to a psychic who is not Miss Cleo. And these psychics are reading off a pre-written script with instructions to keep you on the line for at least 20 minutes. So the New York Times came out in 2016, right after she passed away, with an article by Bennett Madison detailing his experience as one of these phone psychics in college. And he pulled like an Alicia Marie Herder, where he was like, I'm going to spend a summer in New York. (laughs) I'm going to go by a fake name. And I'm going to live my life. It's going to be great. And it's going to be a good time. Profit. So the basic breakdown is that they advertised jobs for phone actors in the backs of magazines in the 1990s. And when you're like a fucking struggling college kid who decided it was fun to go to New York for the summer, $600 a month, no problem. Foolish child. Foolish. And then food? Mm-mm. Transpo? Oh. Horrible. So a lot of people had to pick up like second jobs. Like New York in the 80s and 90s was not a good time to be here. It is very poor but also very rich city at the same time. Yeah. So just like today, people are having two, three jobs. And so Bennett was working at The Gap and then saw this ad that you could make $10 an hour. In the 80s and 90s? Like, that's good fucking money. That is good money. So really, the breakdown is, is that you're really only getting 12 cents a minute. And that's every minute that you're on the phone. But you have to, like, just hold your little talons into this little old woman who's lonely. Yeah. And keep her on the phone long enough to get to that hour. Is it worth it? 
Well, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into it. Now, the actors were paid as independent contractors, so the network couldn't be liable for anything that they said to you. Great. Uber drivers. Great. If their average call time dipped below 15 minutes, they could have their pay docked and even be fired. Ridiculous. And on top of that, they rarely got paid anyway, so most dipped early on in their psychic phone career. When they realized you're scamming the little old lady who actually doesn't have any money to her name. Yes, exactly, exactly. I listened to an interview with Bennett on Fraudsters where he talked about how his roommates were both women and they got hired for the job of phone actor like right on the spot. Mm. But Bennett called several times and would never get a call back. Like really wanted this job. Like I want to sit in my room. Yeah, and, and just like, use the phone. Yeah, and like smoke a cigarette and like drink a glass of wine. Yeah. And tell people how their life is going to be great. And it wasn't until he called back using what he called a woman's voice. Interesting. That he immediately got a call back from Scott who was this person that was, like, interviewing him, assuming he was a drag queen. And that he said drag queens were their highest earners in the network. I don't know what that means, but drag queens are killing it. They, one. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Two. Intelligent. Three. uh, The best psychic scam artist we have on the phone. And 100%. I trust and should not trust. <laughs> I did get scammed out of $200 trying to buy weed in Honolulu from a drag queen. It wasn't good weed, and it was only an eighth. Oh my God. And I was so ashamed. I never said anything. Aww. He also said, like I said before, the mechanism for getting paid was so convoluted and hard to understand that at some point they were like, I'm just not going to get paid. This is too hard. Yeah. Now, after you finish your first call, which will run you about $100 if they keep you on the line for 20 minutes. Now the Psychic Readers Network has all of your contact information because you gave it at the beginning of the call to even start. Oh, that's true. So they start sending you mail. (gasps) They're calling your house, saying that Miss Cleo has important or urgent news or insights into your future to share with you. And if you call back, they keep you on the line even longer. What? After all of these phone calls, a lot of people would get their phone bill in the mail, not realizing how long they'd spent with these actors because they never really told you when time started and be absolutely horrified at the cost. But in order to dispute the claim, AT&T would have you call the Psychic Readers Network and then they would charge you. And they'd do it again. They'd do it again just to call their claims department. This is a genius con, honestly. It's so smart. After a while, AT&T started getting wise to like this whole situation and would credit their customers for the money that they were losing on their phone psychics. But the Psychic Readers Network would maneuver around this by sending collection notices to customers, calling their houses, demanding money, and threatening their credit. Wow. So that's the Psychic Readers Network. But Miss Cleo, her involvement with it seems a little... Her involvement with it is a little different because she's not Bennett taking the phone calls in the back. Mm-mm. There are very few people that actually get through to Miss Cleo, and a lot of them sounded very staged. Yes. So no one knows for certain if the people Miss Cleo is actually talking to, if they're real people, or if it's an interesting dialogue that was pre-written. Mm-hmm. Not one of your back-of-the-magazine actors is just saying out loud. Mm-hmm. So she got this job by replying to an ad seeking phone operators. So she came in the same way. And they loved her look. They loved everything about her. They were like, let's put you front of camera. She continued working under the name Cleo and then pretended to be a shaman from Jamaica. Since she had 
all that Jamaican accent practice from her play. Now she's putting the practice into the real world. And then there are interviews later that will talk about how the Psychic Friends Network made millions. Mm -hmm. But she would spend two and a half days and get about 1700 in the beginning. Really? Yeah. And they were just raking it in. They were raking it in. So her first contract, though, not that great. Mm -hmm. She probably renegotiated and got better because she had a very fine living. She was not mouse poor. But at the beginning, they were ready to fuck over everyone. And of course, what happens when you're a psychic in public eye for too long? Lawsuits, baby. Oh, let bring them on. Wait, wait. But no PIs with little mustaches. No, no Bob Nygaard. (laughs) (laughs) Next time. Court TV started investigating the Psychic Readers Network and wanted to know if Miss Cleo was a fake. Specifically, if she herself is a fake psychic. Part of this, like, scam thing. And that's when they discovered that the other psychic phone operators were just actors. Just reading. Some of them might not have even been actors. Just drag queens hanging out. Mm-hmm. Trying to make extra money. Kikiing on the phone. <laughs> taking grandma's millions. Nom, nom, nom. Yum, yum, yum. Doing death drops. Yep. The lawsuit started in 1999 in North Carolina, then Arkansas, Florida, Illinois, Kansas, Missouri, New York. You know, we all caught on at some point. In 2002, the Federal Trade Commission filed a complaint against the Psychic Readers Network. They named Miss Cleo in the lawsuit, claiming that she falsely promoted the readings as free, even though the Psychic Readers Network had racked up a billion dollars from six million callers over three years that is a lot of money That's a lot of money i can take that shit to shark tank yeah and at that point they had to shut down that operation oh really mm-hmm. which might be why they're the psychic friends network psychic readers shut down mm-hmm. the psychic readers network was forced to give half of that one billion dollars on charges that they had misled consumers they were also fined five million dollars so you lose half your billion and you have to give away $5 million. You're still pretty rich. Yeah, you're still like you're got still half like, a million dollars. Yeah, and then what is that, $455 million? And you've invested all of it in property, so you're just raking in like passive income. Yeah, really, we should be taking all business classes from them. Yes. Like, they know what's up. And this is when the Florida Attorney General's office revealed Miss Cleo's birth certificate, born in California, to American parents. But this was when it's like, oh, we all know now. It's in the news. She's not who she said she is. Although Miss Cleo was named in the lawsuit and received most of the backlash, she was never personally charged because she was only the spokesperson for the Psychic Readers Network. And her name was dropped from the suit. Okay, because she's She's like... their puppet. You cannot sue the Pillsbury Doughboy, but you can sue Pillsbury. Yes. The Doughboy (laughs) is just an employee. The Doughboy is a figment of all of our imagination. (laughs) And so is Miss Cleo. The FTC found that spokespersons could not be liable for violations, just like the Pillsbury Doughboy, just like Miss Cleo. Get you someday, little boy. Yep. Despite the lawsuits, Miss Cleo maintained for the rest of her life that she was Jamaican, which maybe she had, you know, roots in Jamaica. Yeah, I did read some things where, like, she was like, well, my parents are from the Caribbean and, like, from a young age, like I was told that you have to drop your accent because you're not going to be able to get ahead of in, in America because of racism and xenophobia. I also read reports that Jamaicans were like, her accent's not real. I, yeah, I've also seen that. So but, what? We, we don't know the truth here. Yeah. She and, has gone to her death with mysteries unsolved. <laughs> 
So Miss Cleo after the Psychic Readers Network. Miss Cleo kind of faded from the spotlight, but like a little bit after being cleared from the lawsuits, but she still used her name Miss Cleo. She starred in a commercial for the cereal French Toast Crunch, where her catchphrase was, French Toast Crunch is back and I predict you'll love it. But she said it with a Jamaican accent, of course, which I'm not going to try because no, I'll do it so poorly. <laughs> like <laughs> It's not worth it to me. We can get away with the English accent. Yes. And we can get away with the Russian accent and the German accent. I just wouldn't do it well. And I know that about myself. And it's not going to be fun for me to try no. and do it worse is what it is. Grand Theft Auto Vice City created a psychic character in their game based off of Miss Cleo, and they hired her to do the voiceover for it. That's kind of cool. So she's like, "Mm, you know, still in the zeitgeist, still Mm -hmm. around. Miss Cleo's psychic business was still on the up, and she continued offering tarot readings from $75 to $250 per reading. I want that money. I know, me too. In 2005, Miss Cleo did a commercial for a used car dealership in Orlando. You know, she's getting local now. It's cute. It's fine. The roots of the community. The roots. In 2006, Miss Cleo came out as a lesbian. She revealed that she had two long-term relationships with women and a long-term relationship with a gay man where she had two daughters with him. And then for some reason, allegedly, this man later died of AIDS. I can't find any information except for that one source that told me that. Oh, really? This is like the... No, I am from Jamaica. Exactly. I'm like, what? Is this man still alive? We don't know. <laughs> this is the situation where I thought this definitely played into the Capricorn moon <laughs> square to Libra Venus because she did tell a story about when she was in that all girls school. Mm-hmm. She had this girlfriend. Before she went to college, the girlfriend's dad found them kissing and Uh-oh. then made her switch colleges to go further away <gasps> to another Aww. state. And then Miss Cleo, or I guess Uray at that point, was like, oh, this must be a bad thing. So she hid it for a really long time mm-hmm. and then ended up being like, okay, I am a lesbian and I can't hide it anymore or have it have like these secret affairs with women anymore. That's interesting because towards the end of her life, she wasn't really scamming people anymore. Like if you go and pay $250 for a tarot reading, that's your own scam, you know, like that's on you. She wasn't outwardly trying to scam people anymore. So it could be with something about her sexuality and like, oh, I can't be myself. So I need to hide behind this thing. Mm -hmm. I have to be straight. I have to be a Jamaican psychic. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I feel like psychologists would have fun with that one. In 2007, Miss Cleo released a spoken word CD. So, you know, our girl kept busy. She's just doing her own little passion projects. Doing poems. That's cute. Doing poems. And then in 2014, Miss Cleo was featured in the documentary Hotline about the experience of different phone operators. This documentary actually sounds really interesting because it's Miss Cleo giving her version of the events, like how it was the Psychic Readers Network telling her to not tell people that she attended an all-girls boarding school or that they were telling her to stay on the line with customers longer even if she knew these customers couldn't afford the phone operating scam. But she did take that money from the theater department. So... You know, you don't really know, is she telling the truth? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't know how far in she would be. Yeah, that is the tricky part because one sin does not beget another, right? Like Mm -hmm. her, technically, her doing that thing in Seattle does not prove that she did this thing in Florida. But it can be taken as a judgment of her character. Yeah. That like, would someone that would do this one thing, would that person also be someone that would do this other thing? Can we trust this person? Mm. No one knows. And then on July 26, 2016, Miss Cleo died from colon cancer that spread throughout her body. And she's this 
important psychic zeitgeist figure we still have from the 90s. Yeah. So the biggest question that our patrons on Patreon had was, did Miss Cleo get any predictions right? We don't know. We don't know. We, don't we really know. don't know. I went on the third page of Google yes. to find this information. No, we really we don't know because we don't know how many were staged. We don't know how many were happenstance or just like, you know, guessing. Yeah, exactly. She did say that she has a history like her family has like a spiritual history with voodoo. Mm-hmm. And so when she came to the Psychic Readers Network, she said that she wanted to present herself as a voodoo priestess, which is what she was saying that she was. Mm-hmm. But they said that, you know, America's not going to respond well to that. Yeah. Basically. Like, America is racist and they're afraid of black girl magic. Of most things. Of yeah. most things. Especially in the 90s. Yeah. And they're about to be really scared because 9-11 is going to happen. That's true. But she says that there are elements of that practice that are real. But she also does say in her sort of legal defense is that she was just hired as an actor. And that like you can't sue. What was the, the thing that they said? You don't get mad at Jennifer Aniston because she tells you that her name is Rachel. <laughs> like if you know that something if someone is an actor. Yeah. You offer them the ability to like be cast in this role. Mm-hmm. But. There isn't anything in those advertisements that says Miss Cleo is an actor. Played by an actor. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you have any final thoughts on Miss Cleo? I don't know how I feel about her. Same. Same, same. Like, cool, but also not nice. I'd be interested to know what her daughters are like, which I'm not saying anyone go Instagram stalk them or anything. Mm -mm -mm -mm. But it'd just be interesting to see, like, what kind of lives they're living and how much of that is a reflection of, like, what she might have taught them. Because that might even be a greater insight into her character is, like, how her children behave. Mm -hmm. Her probably grown children at this point. I don't know. I wish something had been, like, she was a liar, but her predictions were true. Or, you know, some kind of Professor Trelawney shit where you're like, she got one important thing right. Yeah. But instead, no one even has tried to figure that out. I was listening to this interview with Bennett three or four years after he had written that article for the New York Times. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that the callers sort of fell into these three main categories. There are the people that called just to see if, like, it was true, like that these people were psychics. And they'd ask questions like, well, if you're psychic, what's my favorite color? And they were instructed to say the color red. Which is usually people's favorite color. That's very interesting. And so they would be like, ah, and then like hang up the phone. (laughs) The second group would be like people that like believe in it. That really believe in like psychics and and stuff like that. And then there was this other group that was just like really lonely people that really want to talk to somebody. And those are the people that would stay on the line a long time. That makes sense. And to connect and to like hopefully hear that something gets better at some Mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Just anybody to talk to. It's like. You know, therapy wasn't really respected. Yeah. In the, I mean, it wasn't good in the 80s, not respected in the 90s. Like, it's really not until recently that people are like, therapy's cool. Yeah. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Come on, all our friends. Let's yeah. go to therapy. Let's all go to therapy about each other. Yeah. So it's, it makes sense to me that, like, if you're feeling alone, you know, who are you going to talk to about the fact that, like, you're worried your husband's cheating on you? Can't totally. talk to him. No. You can't talk to your mom because she's going to say, I told you so. And you can't talk to your best friend because that's who he's cheating on you with. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad we have different tastes in men. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. Oof. Got out of that one. I think that's it. Is it time? It's time, baby. For. 
Which is in the news. Here it is. Some fresh news. Hot off the press. Don't you worry. Alicia's got the rest covered. I thought you were going to rhyme it with breast. And I was like, ready for it. <laughs> She's like, lift, separate. Hmm? Hmm. Our first story for you this evening. The disappearance of Bill Roach. Is he related to Papa Roach? No. Dang. Wouldn't that be great, though? It'd really be good for me. It'd really, like, everything would come full circle at that point. In 1994, a 25-year-old man by the name of William Bill Roach was reported missing in Armadale, Australia. Officers believe that Mr. Roach may have been involved in the local drug scene, yet he is still missing 27 years later. Police reopened the case in 2016 and searched a property on the outskirts of Armadale over four days. You know, nothing. Bill's sister, Kim Roach, made an impassioned plea to the community as the NSW government, NSW is North, North South Wales? That can't be right. Whatever. NSW government increased the reward from $100,000 to $1 million. And this is just for, like, information. It's just for inf- from this guy. You have solid information about what happened to the disappearance of this man. One million, baby. We don't need a bo- We just need to know what happened. What? Who is this man that he is so important? He's just a dude. He, it's just, just like a long missing. They've never found him. We just really like Bill. We just love Bill. Aww. And we miss him. Bill. They have also released two episodes on their NSW police podcast about the case and encourage people to step forward if they have any information. Okay, but this is witches in the news. So what does this have to do about witches? Because this is just kind of a bummer. In episode two of the podcast that the police... Has given us. So not some conspiracy thing, which I thought it was for a second. It is revealed that eight weeks before Bill's disappearance, he attended a countercultural festival, which we in the counterculture know means like a pagany, witchy kind of festival. Bill and his girlfriend attended the festival where magical mushrooms grew. So that's like, that's the whole draw. We got these magic mushrooms. So, you know, like drugs guys they've got drugs it's not it's not magic those ones were drugs it was supposed to be a crazy psychedelic experience like burning man but australia and probably less cool honestly (laughs) his mother reported that bill had told her while he was at this festival that bill met a coven of witches who invited bill to be initiated as a wizard bill's high so he said yes. You know, it's bad vibes if you say no to something while you're high. During the ceremony, he was asked to cross a stream via stone. So just cross the stream, step on the stones, and to avoid stepping in the water. But as a joke, Bill jumped into the stream. No, Bill. Bill, it's magic. You can't. You can't do. We're a coven. You can't joke on us. Exactly. Allegedly, at that point, one of the witches told Bill that now he will have a curse placed on him. Bill laughed, of course, and said there's no such thing as curses. Like, y'all are crazy. Famous last words. Famous. Later that night, however, Bill called his mother again and asked her to come pick him up and that the witches had put a death curse on him. Since Bill was far away and his mother had just returned home from dinner with her sister, mom said that she could not pick him up at this time. I'll get you in the morning, you know. She said, though, if you need a place to sleep, or feel really unsafe, you can call the police and I'll get you in the morning. Like, can't do it right now. It's dark. It's Australia. I'm not going to hit a kangaroo trying to pick up my drugged up son. You know, it's like, (laughs) come on. Yeah. It totally makes sense. I'm sure the mom's like, why didn't I do it? But it totally makes sense from a mom perspective. Bill had ended up calling another friend who drove up and tried to calm him down. The friend dropped him off at his mother's house the next day. And according to mom, he was so shaken because he really believed to have been given a death curse. And like, that's what he called it. Like, they 
put a death curse on me. Oh, my God. Bill. And so the question is, was Bill Roach actually cursed by witches at this festival? Or did the psychedelic drugs he took, like, really fuck up his head for the next few days? Which I think even, like, few weeks. Or some version of both. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. His body has never been found. And, I mean, they believe him to be dead because they have not seen or heard from him for 27 years. So if you want more information about this, you can hear the two episodes about Bill's case. You can go to the podcast NSW Police State Crime Command. And tell us, does it stand for North South Wales? <laughs> North South West. I know Wales is the last one. W-A-L-E-S. North I think it's Super South Wales. Wales is the thing. And I just don't know if I made North up. <laughs> Not South Wales. Not South Wales. The it's other. one Google search away. We're going to do it now. NSW. New South Wales. Oh. Not the old ones. The New South Wales. <laughs> those crusty old South Wales. We're witches in the news. We're trying to be accurate. Our next story is about witch camp Ghana. Grammy Award winning producer Ian Brennan and his wife Marilina Umuhoza Deli have created an album in an effort to feature underserved communities and how these communities show love and strength despite the struggle. This group is called Witch Camp Ghana, and it gives a voice to the women in Ghana who have been ostracized from their communities and accused of witchcraft. They are recording real Ghanaian women who are singing about their struggles in different tracks on the album. Yumoza Deli says, We recorded more than 100 people, six hours of music, and most of the women are elderly, mainly in their 70s. The whole record is composed of instant compositions, meaning like songs that they improvise themselves. The musical accompaniment is from objects from their immediate environment, a teapot, a tin can, a balloon left over from a political rally. One of the few Ghanaian men in the camp who was accused of witchcraft and is known as the wizard <laughs> played the talking drum on the album. When they had the opportunity to sing, they were shocked and happy that there was such an interest in their lives, Umoza Deli told this article. There was a positivity around this project. Everyone participated actively and was very involved. That's so great. Mm-hmm. Their dream for the project is that this album can go far and for an international reception to become educated and also like startled by the accusations of witchcraft that are still happening around the world today. I mean, we've been talking about this since season one. I know. Isn't that crazy? Witch Camp Ghana is on Spotify and you can listen to their album, I've Forgotten Who I Used to Be, which features the Ghanaian women accused of witchcraft. Oh, another Spotify Listen to this one first, then you can listen to I the... I know, we got podcast, podcast, and now we're going to YouTube. We're going to talk about Lego Harry Potter and the transgender witch. Oh, here we go. In retaliation to J.K. Rowling's comments on transgender people, the Kent-based theater battery has created a stop-motion YouTube series called Lego Harry Potter and the Transgender Witch. Stick it to them. Stick it. Founded in 2011, Theater Battery produces mostly contemporary plays with a radical hospitality model that allows audience members to pay what they want or nothing at all to attend. Hell yeah. Love that. Due to the pandemic, Theater Battery has pivoted to create short YouTube content. When in-person learning was shuttered, the Theater Battery's founders, Logan Ellis and Kate Mahoney, met up in Connecticut and road-tripped back to Washington in three days, listening to all of the Harry Potter audiobooks the whole way. And the pair's completely different notions of the series were altered due to Rowling's more recent comments about the transgender community that she just wanted to start spouting off. Like last year, the last two years. Kate Mahoney said, Everyone had this question of what their place in fandom was. Are you allowed to still like this thing that had such a profound impact on your life? Is it okay 
to still connect with these characters because they had felt so human and so real. Harry Potter and the Transgender Witch follows a long tradition of fan fiction that recontextualizes and transforms popular works, especially from an LGBTQ perspective. And of course, the main character of Harry Potter and the Transgender Witch, called Quincy, is voiced by a transgender actor named Donato Faduesi. Yes! Representation, baby! There are transgender actors! Woo! You do not need... To pretend to be a transgender Lego. You yeah. Don't need to do- yes. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, being seen. It's great. You can now watch Harry Potter and the Transgender Witch on YouTube for free. Yes. Love it. This is what it is about. And that has been today's Witches in the News. So powerful. Yay. All, well, I guess the first one. The first one was kind of a bummer. It was a sneak bummer. Yes. Yeah. But the rest were good. We're good. It's like a baked macaroni and cheese that someone put what is a herb that you don't i was gonna say bacon but that makes it inedible so what yeah i can't like an that. herb that you i'll probably try anything what would be a weird i don't know if i'd like jalapeno in it okay. that might be too spicy yeah so it's like a really beautiful baked mac and cheese but mm-hmm. someone has put jalapenos on it and you can pick them off but it will the juice is in there yeah that's true it leaves the residue mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what a bummer Okay, so now we're moving into our final segment. Guess what? It's springtime now when you're listening to this. You went to our Ostara ritual. You had a good time. I had a really good time for sure. So it's March mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And you've been looking at all these Instagram posts about it's been a year since COVID reached the United States and shut everything down. And I'm sure that you're sick of thinking about what that year has meant to you, whether that's like, what does time lost mean? What what does it feel like when life has lost meaning, especially when over half a million people have died in the U.S. from COVID? So I prepared for you a spell. Okay. It's five good things that happened this month. Okay. Number one, Canada has developed and implemented a new satellite technology to locate and arrest illegal fishing vessels. Oh, get them, fishermen. It's estimated that 26 million tons of aquatic life is lost to illegal fishing, and it destroys marine habitats all over the world. And folks have already been arrested, and their operations have been shut down. Ooh, I love them. Get them. We are the fish police. Yeah. Wee, <laughs> But it's I'm also- riding a dolphin. Yeah, of course. I was like, how do I make, make this magical? <laughs> Number two, a new scientific study claims that being around birds actually makes us happier. I believe that, 100. Research teams out of Frankfurt... California Polytechnic University and the Audubon Society claim that hearing birdsong, even if you're not fully aware of it, improves your mood and your general outlook on life. I believe that 100%. Number three. In 2016, Miss Cleo died, and then there was a cyclone (laughs) (laughs) that she caused it. We don't know. There was a cyclone that devastated Fiji with 170 mile an hour winds and smashed their rich coral reefs to smithereens. Scientists were worried that the reefs would never recover, and with coral reef bleachings happening all over the world, we really need as many reefs as we can get at this point. We do. But after four years, the coral reefs across the Namia Reserve and the Vatuira Conservation Park have reproduced at exceptional rates, and all of the fish are back. <gasps> all of them? All of the fish <gasps> are back. Oh my god, welcome home, fishies! Number four. This year has been really hard on all of us. But it also inspired a lot of individual people to give back to their communities. 52% of volunteers in the U.S. this year said that this was their first time volunteering ever. That's amazing. In the spirit of Mr. Rogers' mother, 
Mancy. Mancy. No. Her name is Nancy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nancy Rogers. In the <laughs> But in the spirit of Miss Nancy, Miss Nancy Rogers, in times of tragedy and anxiety, she says, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. That's beautiful. Number five. And speaking of people who are helping, the website and app GoodRx recently partnered with the National Association of Free and Charitable Clinics to cover the cost of nearly a thousand medications in 16 states in the U.S. for patients that can't afford medicine. They are just paying for people's medicine. (gasps) That's lovely. And they are expecting to provide over $5 million worth of free medication in 2021. That's incredible. And then a bonus good news. Mm -hmm. I received my second COVID vaccine. Woo! And by the end of March, both of my parents are going to have it. Yay! Which means that they're going to get to come to my first New York City solo show. And I was really sure that they weren't going to get to come. And I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, I just really accepted. My parents were not able to come to my MFA Mm -hmm. show. And I found out about this show in September. And I was just like, this sucks because what an honor to be like, I'm the daughter that you like really believed in and Mm -hmm. you let me do whatever I wanted to do and I did the thing that I said that I would do they're so proud of you though right and they get to be there yeah and that's like really um like just super meaningful to me I love that Tammy and Papa Tammy and Papa yes I'm sorry that I cry it's good tears it's good tears I love that and in the spirit of crying this has been Witch Yes. This is the end. This is the end. Welcome to the springtime episode, baby. We're crying. We're crying. We would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod, who gives us the intro and outro music each week. Thanks, Kevin. If they want to find you, Alicia, where are they going to find you? You can find me on Instagram at Alicia Period Herder. Because that's her name. That's it. Where can I find you, Miss Tara? You can find me on Instagram at herlovelyface. That is my art Instagram. You can also find me at underscore little moss. That's my Finsta. You can also find me sometimes with my dog. In the park. In the park at Dolly Osmond. That's D-O-L-L-Y-A-U-S-S, like Australian, M-O-N-D. Dolly Osmond. Beautiful. And she's doing great. She wants those those dog Instagram friends. She wants them. She wants them. Some of the baby witches... Baby witches, animals, and Dolly. They, like, interact online together. It's, like, really cute. Even though I know that it's us. (laughs) No, no, no. It's definitely just the pets. We're on Instagram, at witchyes. Share an episode in your stories, tag us, and we'll feature you in our stories. And if you don't like Instagram, I get it. A lot of cool pictures, but pics might not be your thing. You can always contact us via email at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're like, I don't like email, but I do Facebook, I don't know who you are. (laughs) Linda. <laughs> but you can find us on Facebook at Witch Yes, the Facebook Coven. And it's lit. And there's lots of funny shit that happens in there. It's really cute. It's fun. We also have a Discord, which I'm sure you know because you went to the Star event. Boom. And that's also like, people are in there. They're hanging people out. They're in there. They're talking now. You can find us on Patreon. Patreon, which is at the $5 level and above, are getting two extra episodes a month, which means this is a weekly podcast for them. Love it. In addition, they also get to ask us questions. So questions that they asked for this episode were... What predictions did Miss Cleo? And I'm sorry, but we did not have the answers for you. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. They were also like, why has she never been caught? She kind of 
was caught, but you know, her name dropped in the lawsuit. Normally we are so much better at answering their questions though. Like this one is not doing us justice. This is a hard one. This is a hard one. You guys, we do appreciate them. And they do really like kind of create the structure for each episode. $10 and above get access to our close friends and more. And in the $10 and above close friends list, I talked about all my symptoms for the second COVID vaccine. Lovely. Living the dream. And then in addition to that, they get early access to a bunch of stuff. So new merch, like they know when things are happening before everybody else. So if you want the drop on what's on the come up, get to our Witch Yes Patreon. It's worth it. It's fun. This has been Witch Yes. See you guys later. Bye. Peace, 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 peace. It's springtime. Birds. Chee, chee, chee. Chee, chee.